If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Tone at Home, we explore the intersection between real estate and the growing trend of personal fitness training at home, and how this trend helps us think about what our living spaces should look like in order to stay healthy and fit in the comfort of our own environment. Today's guest is Elise Hillier, originally from Adelaide, Australia, and currently a certified personal trainer in New York City. Elise, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Elise. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So, you know, I want to give a, a quick background for our listeners on personal training. You know, it came actually into existence uh, in the 20th century, you know, various cultures in the past, including ancient Greeks and ancient Romans and the ancient Mayans had athletic events and athletes participated and practiced the events they participated in uh, and they were ultimately revered. I mean, that was a big thing back then, you know, but working out and having someone help you work out back then was strictly reserved for those athletes and soldiers in, in warfare and working with certified personal trainers and using professional fitness experts uh, is relatively a new field that only really just came into practice during the 1900s. And you know, during the 1800s, there were several destination resorts and health spas you know, that offered exercise with focus on health uh, and wellness. And um, you know, remember those movies uh, about the old Austrian massive women, they were like, you know, is that the ones we also they had those that, that vibrating strap around your back that you stood there and that was your exercise? I mean, what they thought was exercise back then is not what we think of exercise today. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the time, the contemporary methods of exercise were like unusual and quite frankly, questionable, you know, compared to today's methods and of fitness and exercise. And, you know, clearly, you know, there was all kinds of juicing and 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 bio substances that people were taking to, to think that they were getting healthy, but in fact, um, maybe quite quite the opposite. But the, the real fitness expert or, or personal trainer um, uh, in, in, I think, in our modern day is uh, the fitness guru, Jack LaLanne. Those remember a good old Jack. I remember back, um, back then, Jack claimed that he was addicted to sugar when he was growing up, which made him mean and weak, is his quote. Um, so he you know, quit sugar, uh, he worked out, he had a really good fitness and nutrition routine and started his first fitness center at the age of 22. 
Well, the guy was definitely serious. <laughs> well, it's interesting, you know, you look back in the 70s and 80s, and that's when I think fitness really exploded on two fronts. On the one side, you had the big bulking look of the Arnold Schwarzenegger and getting into the gym and working on weights and the, the muscles from Brussels with Van Damme and Stallone, needless to say. And at the same time, you had Jane Fonda, who was really pushing the whole, this new aerobics side of the business. You had Let's Get Physical with Olivia Newton-John. You had all the Jane Fonda tapes. And everybody all of a sudden was very into cardio. It was all cardio, cardio this, cardio that. So it's just amazing how the more we get to know about the body, the more it changes how we want to actuate the body. Well, I, you know, it's funny because when you say it's, it was about, about the cardio, it was really about the activity, right? I think, you know, what we saw back then were people on roller skates and then everyone was playing tennis. And then people were just, you know, doing aerobics and wearing the tights. And that was on TV. And there was a whole uh, entertainment and social factor to it that made it interesting. And so you wanted to be able to be um, uh, moving for a longer period of time because that was cool. And in order to do that, you needed some level of fitness to be able to sustain that activity. Yeah, I think basically they were trying to find fun ways to get you to exercise as opposed to just standing on a treadmill, right? I mean, it reminds me of Anchorman when uh, when Will Farrell says, yeah, we're doing this new thing called jogging or yogging. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's basically just running, <laughs> which is really basically true. <laughs> so, uh, Ali, so, you, so you're, you're a fitness and uh, personal trainer. Um, what do you focus on? Do you, do you focus on the bulk or do you focus on the cardio? It's uh, definitely, definitely resistance training for sure. So, I mean, I wouldn't say like bulk, you know, um, but in all of my workouts with all of my clients, it's, uh, it's very, very like weights focused, not so much cardio. If you're paying me to be with you for one hour, like I'm not, we're not going to, we're not going to get on the treadmill. You know what I mean? We're not going to like get onto cardio machines. We're going to be moving weight. Well, it's interesting because a lot of people tend to think that it's the cardio that helps you lose weight, but I think you can be on the treadmill for an hour and all you have to do is add four McDonald's french fries and you're break even. I think it's the actual muscle building and the muscle basically has to feed in the body 24-7. That's where it really helps you start to lose calories, right? Absolutely. Yes, it is. That's that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, I feel like the the whole personal training concept is for someone to help motivate you and be and be your your guide to to fitness, which is a journey. Uh, and then there's equipment which then helps you do that without the personal training, right? I mean, I think you can run <laughs> a trainer or a treadmill um, mm -hmm. for an hour and not have to have someone with you telling you to keep running, right? I mean, that's no. right. So, that doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Right. So so like the like the treadmills, the, the rowers, uh, the stair masters, the ellipticals, and all those machines that are designed for you to do you on your own. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily need someone, um, you know, that's a professional wasting their time and yours just watching you uh, and money, of course, because those things cost money. No, that makes complete sense. I mean, if you're going to spend the money, you might as well get the most out of the out of the knowledge of the person and everybody knows how to run. Um, it, it seems like it, it personal training kind of started as a way to um, enhance 
revenue at the gym as well as provide more personalized service to people within the gym. I think you, you know, some people like to go to classes, for example, where it kind of there it is a personal trainer who's basically whether it's what's that what's that uh, what's the cycle it's Soul Cycle. I mean that is a personal trainer running the Soul Cycle class, but there's a big difference between that personal trainer and, for example, when I was a when I would join Equinox either in LA or New York, and I would have a personal trainer that I would pay uh, hundreds of dollars per session once or twice a month just to help me improve uh, what I'm doing, help my form, give me some new ideas on different ways I can exercise or what I'm lacking in terms of my overall strength or fitness in my body. So I think really it slowly has, has moved downstream to the point that now the personal trainer is out of the gym, out of the class, in your own personal house, which is the ultimate personal training. And I, I got to imagine that's got to be the most rewarding of all the, the types of personal training you can do as a trainer. Yeah, well, you know, on that note, before, before I don't mean to just jump in before you answer it at least, but um, we've talked a lot about training and fitness on the show. We had uh, CrossFit owner, uh, gym owner on the show talking about the locations in which you can get fit and how that's been, uh, how that's transformed from traditional gyms into garages. Uh, and we've talked, we haven't, you just mentioned the soul cycle, which is also another way that real estate and commercial space is actually transformed to accommodate uh, you know, fitness machines and people who, who are looking to get fit. There's an explosion of new fitness trends from Zumba to um, uh, Bar A or whatever you call that uh, in ways that people can, can, can stay fit and healthy, but also have some fun in the process. As you pointed out, Jamie, the, the evolution uh, that we're seeing is that it's coming, it's getting closer to home. And it's not new that luxury apartments and rentals, particularly in the big urban areas, have gyms in that are built into their structures in the basement or some or some places where the residents can have access to. But then at the same time now, that was pre-COVID. Now during COVID, everyone has seemed to go to the like local Walmart or Target and purchase some dumbbells and some floor mats and created an in-house gym, but and then going on YouTube to try to get some instruction on how to use it all. I think that the there, there is a unique way now for training to become more personal based on people's needs, but also at the same time, a huge opportunity for trainers to get more personal uh, and, and closer to people that need that need the guidance. So Elise, what do you think about the trend uh, and the personal nature of, of fitness at home? Does it, is it really just about how to use the weights or uh, you know, more effectively, or is it really about understanding the, the customer, the client and how their body is and what their physical goals uh, of fitness goals are? Are you talking in regards to having a trainer in the apartment or are you talking about like having uh, tonal and... Uh, oh, well, that's, a, that's a really good point because I think, let's, I think that there's, a, there's two different sides to that, right? The right. one side is there's a human in your, in your apartment helping you. And the other side yes. is you have access to resources that are digital that can guide you on your way. Mm -hmm. And I think before we get into to, to that technology and that side of, of things, I'd love to just talk a little bit about the personal nature of that one-to-one -one, um, uh, experience that you have with your clients and how valuable that is for people. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, for me, uh, 
The biggest thing for people to get themselves into the gym and uh, well, getting to the gym for a lot of people is like the hardest thing. Um, so to be to be motivated to get there. So having me come to you in your apartment and telling you what to do for an hour is like, I think that's a I think it's a really great service to offer. And it's a it's a really great way for a lot of people to work out because it just eliminates that whole that whole uh, section of like trying to make time to get to the gym and like make it a priority and uh, fit it into your day. Like one of the people that I work with out of her home, she's a mom, you know, and she finds it really difficult between like her kid and picking her up from school and getting dinner ready and whatever. I go to her, I train her for an hour and it's done. And then she goes on with her life, you know? So I really like that aspect of my job and being able to like bounce around the city. Um, it's yeah, it's awesome. That's interesting because um, I have a very nice gym in my building here in Miami and you do see a lot of personal trainers who come and help people who live in the building. And, and to your point exactly, it is just so convenient and so time efficient to have no travel issues and no worries about where the, where the, uh, where the equipment's going to be or if you're going to have all the equipment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, as a matter of fact, when we speaking of tonal, a friend of mine just bought a tonal and put it on his wall and he had to reconfigure his whole room. He had to add a layer of wall in front of the original wall and with a stud because you had to have enough strength on what this is backed up to so that you can be pulling all this weight. So speaking about spaces, this is exactly the kind of thing we were alluding to, which is people making decisions either to move into a place that has a big gym or if you're going to get one of these products like a peloton how does it fit into your space if you have a one-bedroom apartment in new york city and you're putting a peloton in there no matter where you put it that is taking up significant important space and so that becomes a real decision i think on how and where you live if you're going to bring the gym into your personal space don't you think well, I think people started to transform their spaces over COVID, right? I think there hasn't been a time where I think on mass more people thought about adding the the gym in their in their in their apartments than ever before, right? I think it, it created um, a unique opportunity for the companies like Tonal, um, like Mirror that was purchased by Lululemon uh, and others that that said, okay, look, you know what we're going to do is we're going to take um a object which is in everyone's house like a mirror and turn that into a gym without really adding or subtracting from the space that already exists right so it's like taking it's turning your door into the back of your door little well, in some cases into a, a gym experience of course to your point that those studs are going to pull the door down <laughs> rip the backyard into the living room <laughs> oh, well, that's gains hashtag so I think, you know, I think ultimately, um, you know, the level of fitness desired is going to differ based on what equipment you have. I mean, I don't know. I'm a crossfitter. I don't I, I never consider consider getting a, getting a mirror or a tonal because that's that doesn't sound like I'll get enough. Well, that's a great point. It depends a lot on what type of workout you do and what type of shape you're in and what age you are and what you can afford and all those things. But Elise said something so interesting earlier that I wanted to get back to where you said about how one of the big issues is motivation, 
right? And to me, it almost seems like a personal trainer. You're almost a personal motivator more than you are a trainer. It's almost like, yes, you have to know all the right positions and exercises so that your, your client is doing things properly and not doing any damage to their body. But it almost seems like you're almost really just a motivator more than anything to get them to focus on their own fitness. And if that's the case, that's very psychological, very in the head. That must be tricky sometimes. To pay. You have to really read your customer, right? Yes, that's one of my favorite parts of my job is, you know, getting to read my clients every single day. When you show up, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get, what mood they're going to be in, whether they're feeling motivated or unmotivated. Um, but one of my clients, you know, I was with her twice a week and she's just moved up to three uh, because she said to me, she was like, oh, I don't, I, if you're not here, I don't bring myself to the gym. And, you know, so she's like, so I need to, and she started training with me three times a week because she wanted to incorporate more fitness into her lifestyle because she realized that she just literally, she needs me to be motivated. Which begs the question, you know, when I think of my doctor, I'm always wondering, is my doctor up to speed on the latest trends? Is he up to speed on the latest drug that can help me with my condition? How does he find out what the latest trends are? So you're, you're as a personal trainer, trends change all the time, whether, whether you're helping somebody work with, a, with a, a rowing machine at home or you've got your own exercises and their own body using. How do you, in, in your profession, how do you stay up to speed on what's going on in your area, in that space? Like people all of a sudden moving around, they're pushing, they're pushing huge tires at CrossFit. Nobody used to push tires before and everyone's pushing tires. How do you, how do you stay on top of that stuff? I mean, because of how I'm working, I'm working out of, you know, people's homes, which is very limited equipment and, or I'm working out of apartment building gyms where again, where there's like, you know, there's dumbbells and there's a bench and depending on what kind of building you're in, um, I don't really, you know, dive too heavy into like fad workouts, you know, this latest craze and that latest craze. Obviously I stay up to date, um, you know, through research and just being online and social media and my other friends that are in the industry um, through conversation. And we, you know, talk about what works and what doesn't. Um, but I, you know, I just like to stick with a program and progressive overload with my clients and, you know, get to see results that way. Before we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom weight users finished the program, and more than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M, dot com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. Well, you know, it's funny because I think during COVID, there were a lot of 
CrossFit in particular, and I know I'm biased, uh, but workouts that that basically assume that you're not going to have dumbbells and rigs and all that in your house. So they were proposing alternative workouts that included objects or referred to as odd objects that are already in your home. And most people, for example, during COVID had sort of massive crates and pallets of water bottles mm-hmm. um, and and toilet paper. Of course, you know, depending on depending on <laughs> depending what kind of games you want, I mean, a bunch a lot of toilet paper can weigh something, right? <laughs> so so it, you know and, and curling 47 toilet papers a pound and a half. <laughs> exactly. And it was like, you know, you got a couch, you know, and so it's like okay, <laughs> in 15 minutes go, right? And it's the thing. So I think that there's there was always a way to stay fit, whether or not you've got formal equipment um, or you have just things that are um, floating around in your house. The really the, the biggest difference is how is is the instruction that you have to use that use those items to to get to a goal or to achieve a, a result or an outcome that's positive. And I think that's where the personal nature of it goes. And I, I think you know there there is no shortage of apps on your phone that are like, okay, you know, enter your weight, enter your lifestyle. Um, we're going to put a ring on your finger to check your, your sleep habits right. to, to, to find a way to tailor uh, a workout, a routine, a nutrition plan that, that, that serves you. And that, and all of the technology behind that is just artificial intelligence and machine learning and all that good stuff. But, but I think what that's trying to do is supplement a human literally like a lease, you know, <laughs> coming in and telling you what you think that you should do by by understanding your body and 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 getting more personal and i think we're the entire world that wants to get more personal in any in every aspect of our lives and i think it just it just makes sense for the the physical and health and wellness of our humanity uh is 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 one if not the most important part of personalization yeah, and everything is becoming more holistic, right? Everybody who's looking at health is there used to be a separation between what you ate versus how you exercise versus how you lived your day and how much time you spent outdoors, etc. Now that's all one and the same, right? Meditation, uh, diet, exercise, all that comes all together now in terms of living a better life, living a healthier, longer life. Uh, I would imagine, Elise, you probably have, you probably are, when you have that one-on-one connection with somebody and you've got their trust and you've been able to show them how you can improve them physically they're probably more attuned to be willing to listen to thoughts you might have on diet or meditation or incorporating something like yoga into a practice or i know alex for you and when you got big into crossfit you were very focused on your diet and what you were eating and the calorie consumption that it, it seems like it's become our whole life is interconnected now from the space we live in to how we eat to how we exercise and I, that makes i think your role elise your ability to help even more valuable yeah, absolutely. Um, touching on the on the yoga part, I I that's a like I really like to incorporate that um, into the end of my sessions with most of my clients because I love yoga. Um, I'm a, also a certified yoga instructor as well. So, and uh, coming from a dance background, is that because of the stretching aspect? Is it the stretching aspect, the meditation aspect? What is it about yoga that is? That, why do you want to put that at the end? Uh, it, it. I mean, it 
for me personally, it started with the stretching aspect. Um, and then the more I did it, I started to feel myself getting stronger from the inside out. It was a really incredible feeling. And then now it's more so of actually about the mindset, like where it puts you mentally. Um, and so, I mean, I don't do a lot of, I don't do any meditation with my clients as such, but I, you know, I do like a little yoga flow at the end of my sessions with my clients um, just to work on flexibility and strength. And they really like it. It just it just adds a different element to the to the session. You know, it's funny. Mobility is important. I mean, there is no there is no strength without mobility. Yes. Right. I mean, range, full range of motion is important in in uh, in fitness. Winter weather can play havoc with your skin, leaving it feeling dry and rough. Quench that thirsty skin and leave it feeling satin smooth with Way Melrose Place Body Cream. Fast absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it most. Hydration that lasts to prevent dryness. And high quality nourishing ingredients like squalane, kupuasu butter, and coconut oil. And turn your shower into an escape with the gentle, skin softening Way Melrose Place Body Cleanser. Balances your skin without stripping it or leaving unwanted residue. Gently cleanses and nourishes at the same time with a luxurious lather has skin softening oils in a hydrating blend and high quality nourishing ingredients like jojoba seed oil and rosehip oil. Experience the new Way Melrose Place body cream and body cleanser. Your body, your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use Believe to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com code believe you know earlier you you talked about how that your clients uh vary of course but you you mentioned that you have moms a mom as your client and i'm sure there's probably also kids right i mean you know i i think about when i was young um and i was really into sports uh baseball soccer tennis all kinds of stuff it would have been great if i had a personal right i mean because all i had was you know me going to the to school and and in the gymnasium and that was my time that I trained and if in fact there was a basketball court or tennis court whatever in the neighborhood I'd go there and and practice on my own but if I had a personal trainer um that my mother for example you know was was working with that then could spend another half hour another hour with me um of course cost prohibitive right (laughs) um that would be really cool and it would give me that leg up in everything that I do. And I think back to the history of personal training, it's that extra level of, of instruction that perhaps can make the difference between an average fit uh, person and someone that's above average, right? I mean, I think ultimately, are you finding that your clients are normal? They just want to get, they want to maintain their fitness level or that they have goals like weight loss do they have goals? Like, I want to just be, I want to live longer. Like what's, what kind of, what are people looking for when they come to you? I mean, a lot of my client base at the moment, literally they just want to be consistent and, you know, and, you know, be fit and healthy and work out. None of my clients have like, you know, crazy weight loss goals or, uh, you know, muscle mass goals or anything like that. However, I do work with um, a 13 year old girl and we've been together for like almost 18 months now. And she is my pride and joy. I love her so much. Um, She, yes, started with me 18 months ago. She is um, a golfer and um, she's really heavy into that. And her father got her into, to be basically to just be stronger in her game. And, um, and it has impacted her game. And so, 
yeah that's just like it's yeah so that's how that's how that came about and now because of her like it's made me think about this uh on a on a larger scale and i would really love to do more work with youth actually i think it's really important well, it's very nice that you're helping a young person uh, achieve their their sports sports goals or career goals i am a little surprised to hear that you haven't had a lot of people come to you looking for weight loss because I lost 15 pounds during COVID. That 2020 staying at home, working out at home with curling water bottles, Fiji water bottles, Alex, and cooking my own food uh, allowed me to get very healthy and I lost excess weight that I had on my body. But every single other person that I've spoken to has put on weight during COVID. I am stunned that there isn't a backup in demand for personal trainers to help get rid of what, you know, the COVID-15, as it were. Um, I mean, yeah, there, there's not really a, I mean, you know, the women that I work with, I work with mostly women and uh, they're like, you know, it would be nice to lose a few pounds, but it's not, it's not a huge main focus and goal. Their main focus is to just be consistent and be active and, uh, want to feel better basically just want to feel better and look better and you know if weight loss is a part of that then that's great well you know it's, the irony is that uh, a lot of weight loss and weight gain comes from food and nutrition right i mean it's it's a huge part of fitness and i think um yeah maybe that's just a different type of um consultant right in a lot of ways right? it's like you get a nutritionist uh, mm -hmm. help you eat help you remove calories from your diet and all that and then obviously supplemented um, you know, by, by working out and by fitness routines can help, you know, I, I being since moving to New York, recognize that on a day-to-day -day basis, I walk five miles a day, just getting out of the house I mean, just, just to live versus in other cities that I've lived in where, you know, I'm in the car most of the time. I'm not, I'm really not mobile or active and then having to go to the gym or go somewhere and have an, a physical experience is necessary, but it requires me to go someplace to do that versus the fitness uh, activity, like walking is a part of my day. And I think when you, when you, when you mentioned the fact that you have people organizing their day in a way, and then you're part of their day, an hour with Elise gives uh, people a peace of mind. It gives people a routine. It gives people consistency that it becomes a part of their life. And I think the more um, familiar and the more um, relationships that you're building, the more important you become for people and their families. And I think that's a really big piece of it, right? I think when we've when we grow accustomed to fitness, when we grow accustomed to personalities, um, we we have a tendency to keep them, and and that's really good for your business, right? <laughs> I'm assuming I talk about talk about loyalty, right? And, and that's great. And I wonder um, how people are thinking about their spaces, um, both, you know, like if I one bedroom apartment, am I going to get a two bedroom apartment uh, with a balcony so that I can accommodate more space? How are people, do, do you feel thinking about utilizing their space to, for your services uh, and, you know, now and into the future? Meaning, uh, do you think, do you find that people are like saying, hey, you know what, we, I, let's, let's move from my living room to the downstairs gym. Okay, let's move from the downstairs gym to a larger space. You know what? I'm thinking about moving so I can accommodate my, I can build my own gym so that we can work out together. Do you have any of those kind of conversations with your clients? No, that hasn't come up really like as of yet. I'm just trying to think because I'm mostly in like apartment building gyms and being with the mom, I'm in, I'm in her apartment. 
And so it's really difficult for her to like kind of go anywhere else or think even like outside of her space. But no, other than like, you know, and being in apartment building gyms is obviously, you know, really convenient for those people that have access to them because again, they don't go anywhere. They're not like, so um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny that you, what you just mentioned made me think about privacy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there is, there is the personal out, the personalization of having it, of, of fitness exercise and experiences in your own home. There's also the privacy of it, you, it being one-on-one, not one-on-many, like you're not, people aren't seeing you work out and thus you Absolutely. feel more comfortable. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, I guess that's, that's kind of always been the case I and mean, perhaps even more so now that people are getting into, into fitness. I don't know. As in being like having, being, feeling more comfortable to work out in their own space as opposed to like, you know, being seen at the gym or like being self-conscious of like, am I doing this right? Do I, you know, do I, do I look strange? Is that, is that person watching me as in like that? Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, what I'm seeing as a trend is that the gyms are getting smaller. And so, for example, there used to be, you know, the LA fitness, the um, 24 hour fitness, these, you know. 20,000 square foot gyms with hundreds of machines everywhere people working out. And, and, and now we're seeing that trend getting smaller. And so, so the spaces are smaller. They're going underground in some cases. They're turning into garages. They're now in your living room. I mean, I feel like there is a future in which says that more personalized fitness is better for for your body and for your peace of mind. I think in the end, what really matters is gets back to something that we started with that Elise mentioned, which was um, the commitment to the exercise, the commitment to the routine to do something on a regular basis and constantly uh, and and the motivation to get out and exercise and whether uh, it's a personal trainer that uh, that gives you that motivation or you're, you're paying somebody plus you have a time set up and so you have to do it, whether it's a new technology that allows uh, companies to bring a trainer into your home, semi-personal trainer through the mirror or the tonal uh, or the Peloton, whatever whatever method that I think the human who is involved, who wants to better themselves physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever method it gives them the incentive they need to push and to keep pushing, I think that's what they're going to, what they'll reach out for. And I think the personal training movement that started for specific athletes that moved to the gym and that has moved to the home now is one excellent element of that effort to integrate motivation into exercise. Yeah, I think motivation comes comes from so many different ways, whether or not that's external or internal, your own personal mission of getting fit could be a sport, could be uh, self-defense, could be all kinds mm-hmm. of reasons why you want to get fit, could be to stay alive longer, right? I mean, I want to live forever and maybe being fit uh, will help me do that. Um, and yeah, there's no question, I, I'm personally passionate and very interested in this topic. Uh, and we can just we can just talk for hours. Um, uh, but I know that we don't have a whole lot of time to do that. And I also want to say that there was a there's a long future of innovations that we're going to continue to see around fitness and health and wellness. And I truly believe we're just going to just literally live 
a lot longer than we've ever had because the society at large is understanding and embracing health and fitness in very different ways. So I, you know, the personal training is a significant um, vehicle to help people stay healthy at home. I think the real estate industry at large uh, has really leaned into this trend by building and thinking about building gyms in buildings, basically, um, which has become standard. And I think moving forward, we're going to see a lot of interesting stories and discussions. And I'd love, at uh, least, to have you back uh, and to talk about you know where things have gone and how your business has changed and transformed uh, you know over over this over this period. So I want to thank you, Elise, for for joining us on the show. Uh, and I it's on this riveting topic that just continue to to uh, evolve over time. And and let's, let's just stay fit in 2022. Yes, thank you so much, Elise, for coming on, giving us your insight. Um, it's always interesting to hear the perspective of the person teaching, as well as hearing the perspective of the person who's the student. In this case, you are the teacher. You are helping people to reach their goals. And it, regardless of your personal trainer, a motivational speaker, uh, a doctor, anything that is helping people achieve their goals to live a happier, healthier, longer life is uh, is a very altruistic endeavor. And uh, we thank you for uh, for coming on and, and giving us a little bit of insight into that part of the world. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. I had a lot of fun today. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.